Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. Have the best day ever. Hey team, today's podcast episode is sponsored by Beam, B-E-A-M. They are a CBD company. Brett and I have both been trying CBD for quite some time and have really fallen in love with Beam as a brand. I specifically use Beam for recovery from stressful and hard workouts. After I climb, my elbows and wrists get sore, so I will spread the solve around those specific areas. And after a long run, I definitely like to use the tincture to relax my muscles, help aid in recovery so I can go hard at it the next day. I use Beam and CBD a lot for sleep, um, which really helps my mind recover and start to calm down before I'm going to bed. Beam is all organic, pharmaceutical grade, full spectrum CBD. So in each one of their protein bars, there's about 20 milligrams of this full spectrum CBD oil. The salves come in different potencies. And CBD in general helps balance mood, reduce anxiety, increase muscle recovery, amongst a ton of other benefits. And what exactly does that mean? Being 100% THC-free means that there are no psychoactive side effects in any of their CBD, while full spectrum includes other natural compounds like cannabinoids and terpenes that help support the benefits of CBD. If you're looking to test out CBD and want to give Beam a try, check out their website to purchase some of their amazing products and make sure you use code LIVEBETTER at checkout to receive a discount. We'd love to hear about what you guys are using, how this stuff is helping and aiding you in recovery, in sleep, or whatever way in which you are using it in order to have the best day ever. Check out beamtlc.com and enter the code LIVEBETTER. All right, what's up, fam? 2020 Live Better Podcast. Jason and Brett Back are here. Us. Happy 2020, squad. So our month, um, starting off this year, is all about rituals. Uh, it's about creating time for yourself, maybe time with others, and doing things consistently. Um, that's what our rituals will be about today. Setting things up for the year, for the entire year, and just taking time to really methodically think about what those are, why you're doing them. Um, things you're currently doing, um, things we're going to add in. Um, we talked a lot towards the end of last year about um, detoxification, so getting rid of things that aren't serving you, and then now it's about you know filling that back up with things that are going to make you better. So today's topic is rituals. We're going to have a segmented series here, so today's going to be a little bit overarching about what that means, uh, why we're doing that, and then we're going to do one specifically about the morning. We're going to do an episode specifically about the workday or the middle of your day. Uh, and then about the evening, 
Um, and so today we're going to dive into how to create these rituals, why we're doing that, how you can carry them with you, whether you're traveling um, or whether you're on a standard work day or on a weekend. And we're really excited to dive in. So we're going to begin with talking about what a ritual is, uh, why we think it's important, and then how you can start to ponder them so that when we dive into the different parts of the day, you can create your best day ever. So what's a ritual, Jay? Ritual as differentiated from a routine would be a practice you have for me just to like prepare for something or it is essentially like a packageable routine, I guess, but not done at the same time every day. So I would differ that between like a morning ritual and a morning routine would be something that I do in the morning, um, but not necessarily at the same time every day. So like I don't wake up at 5 a.m. every single morning by routine and then the first thing I do is not to like brush my teeth, drink water, stretch, take a cold shower. Like I don't have those things that I do every single time in the same order as routine. So we were having a discussion about sort of the difference between those two things and I like the term ritual as do you because I think it is more of a signal to your brain to prepare for what you're about to do. So routines are things that you kind of like habit stack and do automatically. So I would think like um, wash your face, brush your teeth, be like a good uh, routine that you would do for hygiene. But a good ritual around that might be taking a little bit more time to prepare something with a bit more thought. So that's kind of how I think of the difference between the two. Ritual is a little bit more ceremonial. Um, it's something that I put more mental attention and focus towards rather than a routine, which it has none. I think those two things are sort of a little bit different for me. One has intention. The other is supposed to remove decision-making. It's so like my routines are set. I don't think about them. I just do them. Rituals, I put some conscious thought into on purpose because it changes the way I think or changes the way I act. So something easy might be a ritual that I now practice before I want some creative time would be to get the scent of the room to the right spot. So like whether you use a diffuser or a candle or incense, whatever that might be. And then I might... Um, play my favorite song but it's not the same song every time so like the ritual is just setting up the process by which I will start creative time but by no means is it routine I don't light the same candle I don't play the same song and recite the same thing and sit in the same chair every time but the ritual around it might be okay I want the scent of the room right I don't want to have to get up to go do anything so that I might go and get some like food or water or drink or whatever and then have that set and then make sure that like sound is cut out or I just have music playing, whatever that might be. So like the ritual would be sort of like preparing to do something. Routine, I don't want to make any decisions that I'm doing it. Yeah, so, so I think there's two different things. I think they're both valuable. Um, we talk a lot about morning routine and we talk a lot about evening routine and I think there is value to the routine, like you said, to remove decision. So when we talk about decision fatigue, it's like, getting your clothes ready the night before, um, you know, doing your, you know, two or three things right when you wake up and those become routine. And one thing that we've noticed, and you know, this is all, we're always learning. We're always, you know, taking in conscious thought and, you know, having discussions with people and the word routine itself 
you know, does create this thought that it's very just methodical in nature. Um, step one, step two, step three. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's actually a lot of good to that. Like if you aren't good at waking up to go work out, if you create that as a routine and it just starts to happen, that's really promising. That's really beneficial. Um, if it's really hard for you to do something that you need to do, um, setting a calendar reminder or uh, making sure that you have a friend that's doing it with you and that becomes routine, that, there's a big benefit to that. Well, when I think of ritual, I think of a little bit more of a sacred thing. So when my head goes to ritual, my head goes to things like rite of passage or things like you know becoming a man and ceremonial things within church or something like that. And so how can we now create those type of experiences on a more daily basis so that your day is full with a little bit more life? Um, and so when I'm thinking of rituals that I'm taking with me, like you said, it's just making something just much more meaningful. So routines that I have are making my concoction in the morning of some sort of matcha or cacao or turmeric or a latte or a tea. Um, and I've been doing that, you know, every day for years now as, you know, part of, you know, keeping myself fasted or even starting off the day if there's a little bit more calorie in there. And now I'm really thinking about how can I make that more of a ritual as opposed to a routine? Because for a while it was just doing it so that I could check it off the list. And now I'm really thinking I want to enjoy that so much more. I want to take more time in the creation of that. So you mentioned something very similar around setting up your room for creativity. It's like I want to now think every day when I wake up and look at that cup, what do I need out of that for the day? So am I looking to be a little bit more you know, excited and active. So maybe I'm going to throw matcha in there. Do I need a little bit of detoxification or do I need a little bit of anti-inflammation because my workload the day before was high. So I'm putting a little bit more turmeric in there and I'm just taking my time, like whisking it and just like watching it. And it's less of like one, two, three, go and do it. I've already created the routine. So the routine is there and now it's, you know, making it a little bit more ritualistic. And so I think we've, we've seen this and we've heard this from people that we've interviewed on the show and I've always pulled insight and you can just tell when someone describes, you know, the way they start a day, the appreciation of it for me is, is what the ritual does. It's creating something that you appreciate that you can then translate to. And it's not just checking it off the list, but it has a little bit more purpose. Checking off the list is a great way to just quit thinking about the benefit. Mm -hmm. You almost just like doing it to check it off the list, not because it actually is benefiting you in any way. Yeah. And I think for stuff in the morning, you want to do things with intention that purposefully like cause a, a result like it, that you remember. Like if I'm going to wake up, I want to remember what I did to wake up. It's like, okay, well, if I get up and I start doing a bunch of jumping jacks and then I get to my next activity, like I want to know that I was warmed up doing jumping jacks. Like that got me out of bed. It was something physical. I remember doing it. The carryover effect from that is that now like my blood's flowing, I'm warmer, my thought is sharper, I feel ready to go and I'm excited. And I can link those two things together. If you just rush through a list of seven things because you think that that's what's about to get you ready for something, but you don't remember any of that thought process, like you sort of lose the momentum going from the routine into the activity, which is like the whole point. So I think a, a good example, and we've talked about this too, and 
I think there's a term for it that you might know, but we've talked about, you know, you're walking to work in the morning or your commute to work and you just completely forget it. And it's like, it just, you do it every day. So it's, it's gone. So like, that's a thing. Okay. It's a routine, right? You're going to get from A to B. You're going to get to work. So what is a way in which maybe once a week you can turn that to big, more of a ritual? So maybe on Wednesdays, you're going to call your mom and you're going to talk about things or you're going to listen to a specific podcast, but you're not just going to listen to a podcast, listen to the podcast. You're going to do so in a way in which it makes it a little bit more ritualistic. For example, if you're walking to work, maybe one day a week you program in an extra 15, 20 minutes and just walk around and make that something where it's like, oh, I'm still getting from A to B, but now I'm doing it more so in like a thoughtful way. Um, so that's just like a specific example. And I think now we can start to go into some of the things that, you know, we're trying to add in ritual wise this year for ourselves. Um, and I'll start with one. So you kind of mentioned the creating the room. And I think one thing for me um, is uh, I'm trying to create the daily ritual of reading. So reading has been something that has gotten me so far in the last you know four or five years since we started thinking about live better and everything and i just remember the first few times i read for my own accord was literally four to five years ago every other reading i had ever done in my life was because of school I, I i've not i wasn't an avid reader and i remember when i was commuting in from the suburbs to chicago i started reading books on the train and I would get so excited to get on the train to read those books because it was a, that was very ritualistic to me because the book I was reading was so purposeful. It was the first time I had purpose in my reading. So I just remember being like, I'm going to sit down in my chair. I'm going to find everything I need. I'm going to set everything up, and I'm just going to focus. And I had a specific you know, music I wanted to listen to, and that changed every day. It was a little bit of a reading playlist. But that became a ritual to me. And since I moved back to Chicago, that's kind of fallen away because I don't have that specific time for it anymore. So some things that I'm doing for that is I have um, just like my spot in my house, my little second bedroom area, and I've kind of set up this little pillow fort. So when I'm reading, I'm doing so in a way in which it feels good. And again, it's not just checking it off the list. It's more like, how can I create this space? Um, what drink can I have with me? What are the scents? What are the sounds? And that's made reading for me. And I've read every single day this year, which is kind of like one of my goals for the whole year is to at least read every day, even if it's five or 10 minutes. Um, it's made it much more enjoyable and less of a check off the list and much more of a, of a, a place where I feel like this is like a zone I'm in. And the activity is almost secondary to the feeling. Yeah, I'm... The, what you mentioned earlier about walking and like sort of forgetting the route you're taking when you're working memory. So your like focus on doing a task is in super high gear. The sensory inputs in your brain are down. So if you're, this is why you like see people almost get run over when they're texting, <laughs> like <laughs> they're walking across the street. They have no sensory input. It's like vision is basically tunneled to the phone because that's what's grabbing your attention. You don't hear anything. You don't smell anything. You don't even really feel anything. You're just locked into your phone. And then all of a sudden, like something breaks that focus and like you don't even remember how you got there. You remember how you just walked out into the middle of an intersection with oncoming traffic because your working memory was working so hard to stay focused on the task that like you lost all of the rest of your brain's focus on the environment around you. 
which is really helpful when you're sitting down and doing like deep thinking and deep creative work. You sort of like lose yourself in your work. That's like finding flow. Um, but it's not good when you want to relax or when you want to keep yourself safe from like <laughs> shit going on around you. Yeah. Um, so I think it's worth understanding like when you want that to occur, you want to set up your environment so that there are no sensory inputs and distractions. Like for instance, that's why a float tank works really well. It shuts off that sensory input so that you can then turn inward. Um, and then works actually the opposite way once your working memory shuts down, then the creative side comes back up. Um, so it kind of works in two ways like that. The, the rituals for me that I'm adding in um, are a slower start to every day and then a, a way slower finish. Um, the last two weeks, I've actually noticed a huge difference in starting my evening rituals earlier um, and putting away the sort of like, I need to cram more stuff into today, uh, away faster and leaving more just like kind of general downtime in the evening. My sleep score, um, I wear a whoop band, my sleep score and recovery score has been through the roof. Even on nights where I get less sleep, like even if I was just screwing around and then like just didn't go to bed till later, the recovery score is still higher. And I honestly attribute it to just like shutting off the stress valve earlier in the evening. Like I've been um, taking my beam at like 7.30 or 8 and then drinking my tea at like 8 or 8.30 with that. I've been taking my magnesium with dinner rather than waiting to add it into my like hygiene pre-bed routine as a whole ritual. So like I'm going to consciously take a step back, take the beam, make the tea, sit down, had already consumed the magnesium. So now I've got this little ritual around drinking the tea and consciously thinking about, okay, how am I gonna start to shut down a little bit faster? And I find that I'm just relaxed for longer at night and I'm not trying to get in bed with like an elevated heart rate. I'm not trying to get in bed with like things on my mind. I've already baked in a little bit of like just sort of excess free time at the end of the evening to let some of that go. And that's been huge. It started a little bit before I went on vacation. Um, I had just gotten things done earlier in the day and was like, I'm just going to see what happens. Like I'm just going to, I cracked open a new book and I was like, let's just read for a little while, but start this earlier. Like instead of doing it at 9.30 PM, I'm going to do this at 7.30 PM uh -huh. and like consciously stop. And then I've woken up with more energy. I've like just like popped out of bed and I'm like, I need less of a morning routine if I can get better, if I can have a better pre-bed or evening ritual at night because that routine can shrink down to only the necessities. If it takes me less time to get ready, why would I spend two hours on a morning routine? I don't need to do that. I can spend that time during the middle of the day or put some of that stuff at night where I've baked in some more of this downtime. And that was a huge shift for me is moving more of the ritual to the evening away from the morning, um, which is a big thing that I've made a switch for in this year um, from something that I was thinking about a lot last year, which was like, okay, I know I'm going to be a little bit tired waking up because my like sleep was not that great. Um, how can I get ready for my day? 
where instead, and we talk about this a lot, yeah. it's like, how can I prepare for tomorrow a little bit better for today? It has been making the evening ritual a little bit stronger, focusing less on the morning. And in turn, that's actually made my mornings better. Yeah, I've actually, I mean, right when you said that, I've been doing the exact same thing. Um, and, I, and I think for me, <clears throat> you know, if we were going to, you know, take the words routine versus ritual, for me, a morning routine has a lot of value to kickstart my day. And an evening ritual has a lot of valuable to value, value to decompress. So if I was to use the terms, I would say my morning is a little bit more structured routine-wise. Um, you know, get things ready to rock and move, and my evening is much more ritualistic. There's a couple of reasons why for me. Um, my morning starts very early, um, and I really just get creative in the morning anyway. My evening has been always been a time where I like get home, and it's the first time throughout the day where I can go, ah. And what that's done is it's made me a little bit lazy, to be right, quite frank. Um, lazy in things that I'm doing at home. So, for example, now one thing that I've started doing is that immediately when I get home, I take a shower normally in the evening. But normally I would like come home, eat, sit down, and then take a shower. And it would always be like there would just be too many things. And then I'd be like, oh, man. And then it, would, it wouldn't be as enjoying. So now the first thing that I do when I get home is the shower because that was the thing that was like – I would always drag my feet to do that. So now I do that and it like gives me this like sense of like, okay, like now the evening is going to start. And I've been much more attentive to just, you know, hanging out with my wife and my dog at night because that's like kind of the only time that we really get quality time together. Just because mornings are, you know, me getting up early or her having to go into work or traveling. Um, so it's really just nice time, like you said, just to decompress earlier. Take a little bit more time to make dinner. That's been a big thing. Um, for me in general, just from a ritual perspective, is food. So evening meals um, are just – it's such a – I love the the smell and the the hands-on of, of cooking. And I've really tried to – especially, and I've, I've really noticed it more this year since I've been showering earlier, which is like such an interesting little small switch, that it's like way easier for me to be like laying things out and taking time for the meal as opposed to being like meal, hangout, you know, and making it more of a routine at night. So like the evening now, now that it's been a ritual, I've just felt better connections, um, more, more actually better thought about, you know, what I'm going to accomplish. And then I do have a small evening routine, which is getting everything ready the night for the, for the next day, um, doing my hygiene, um, and that stuff I'm fine with the checking the list off because then that translates to the next day being more efficient and more effective. So I think it's just, for me, it's, you know, actually just more reframing the vocabulary, which has been a big thing. I think vocabulary and the way in which you think about what you're doing is such a, such an indicative way of which how things get done. Like if you don't like doing something, if you just reframe the reason, the way you say it, doing it, like if you don't like the word working out, but you think training for something is valuable, then if you just call it training as opposed to working out, like you might reframe the entire process. Yeah. Or if you say, I'm going to do this twice a week to reach this goal and this is working out, you're like, I'm going to do this. That's all you call it. It's a completely different thing than you're like, I'm working out. Yeah. So for me, just changing that mindset up, really thinking about it as a, as a, as a ritual in the evening just kind of makes me be like, oh, this is like a, this is a way more chill time to just hang and then like let things come to be. And I've been like tinkering with new recipes for dinners. And so it's been just a, a, a mindset switch solely around the word. You, and you said something earlier, you said that the emotion is maybe more important than the action that you get from it. 
which is exactly what that's doing. It's like putting you in an emotional state in which then you can make better thoughts, which that's how your brain works. Your emotions instruct a lot of your rational thought. It's a stronger driver of action than reasonable thought. That's why like you could sit there arguing like, should I go left or should I go right? And then something starts chasing you. Like it doesn't matter fucking which way you go, like you're going. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna go. The, the, the like, emotional drive to do things is a, a lot stronger. And I think when you come from that in a better position, like when we're happy and positive, like our thoughts are better. So however you can create rituals around informing the way that you want to think is really, really important. It's like that helps me at night when I have a better ritual of like doing the down reg activities earlier, put me in a better emotional state to handle like, okay, now you have to like end your day and like go into bed. It's like never a time of the day that I really like. Um, but it's a lot easier when you're like, oh, I'm relaxed and I feel calm and I'm like, I'm happy about what I've gotten done today. I've been like a little bit reflective. I'm way more chill. It's easier to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I still have to decide to go into yeah, bed, but that yeah, yeah. like that decision is a lot easier because my emotional state is like in a, in more check than it would be had I gotten home stressed out at like 9 p.m. from a last client and been like, oh, shit, I forgot to do this today or still have to do all these things tomorrow. Like trying to go to bed five minutes after that, <laughs> yeah. no matter what your evening routine or evening ritual is, it's going to be really, really difficult. Yeah, I think one thing too is just – and it's really hard, but I think this – you know, we, we talked about this at the end of last year, but it's just taking some time to reflect on what works and what doesn't and just like – look at it over a longer time period saying like so for the last three years five years six years 30 years i've done this this works well you know this is great for me planning out my workouts for the week is better than if i don't that works (laughs) but what also is is i you know and this is just a hypothetical if i tend to get more anxious in the evenings before i go to bed or i tend to wake up with anxiety or I tend to get in fights with my significant other on the weekends or I tend to forget things about my family life often, whatever it may be, um, reflect on why that is. So it's like, all right, so say I feel more relaxed when I do less. Okay, well then do less. Or I feel way better when I have a stronger sense of value of getting X, Y, and Z done first thing in the morning. Well, then do that more often. And I think that's what kind of ritual can do for you. You can say, you know what, I, I do need a little bit more time to downregulate. So what I'm going to do is make the sacrifice now. It's going to feel weird, but instead of from 7 to 8, I'm going to be checking email. I'm going to wait till 7 in the morning to do that. Yeah. And I'm going to use that time to downregulate. And for two or three months, you're going to be like, oh, but I, I should do it. I should do it. I should do it. And then all of a sudden... It's just, it's normal. Yeah. And then that, taking the time to reflect on it and doing it, I think you can just have a little bit more of a clear headspace. And so I think that's kind of, for me, that's one of the big things about ritual. It's it's just really, you know, thinking about things um, and just being much more purposeful with decisions and just honestly taking more time. I think that's, you know, one of my main goals for the year is after the book I read at the end of the year, Infinite Game by Simon Sinek is thinking more infinitely. So thinking much more long-term, enjoying the process 
and not having a need to cram things in because when you know you're on your path, you know it's going to take time. So if you go deeper into it and don't think as much about just checking things off to get them done, you're, you're cool with it taking yeah. a little bit longer. And that's, I think, all of us could use that reminder every day. It's like don't stop but just take your time. Yeah. Don't stop doing but slow down and take your time. Yeah, doing it better, and we always say this, that consistency, consistency trumps intensity every single time. So, and, and it, it's so interesting because being reflective about training, especially for the marathon, it was like, it was so interesting being like, today I'm going to run a mile slowly, and that's it. As opposed to before that, it was like every day I was like, what am I going to smash today? How yeah. hard am I going to go today? Yeah. And now, you know, looking at my journey for this year with dunking, it's like, there are periods of massive deload so that my joints don't get hurt. So no, in the program I'm creating, it's like three weeks of work, one week of deload. And that's kind of how it's, how it's looking right now. Now that deload week, I'm still going to be working out, but I'm not going to be jumping that much. I'm not going to be putting that much weight on the bar because your body, the tendons and ligaments need time to recover. And especially with the joints are, you're just going to smash your knees to shit. So it's like, taking those times and it's like, oh my gosh. And then I even just like the simple things like the week before the marathon, how you're like, wait, I, I ran 22 miles two weeks ago. And this week, my total mileage is nine. Yeah. You're like, wait, am I, is this right? Does this work? And then you show up to the start line. You're like, I feel great. Yeah. So it's just understanding those ebbs and those flows. And that is kind of how work is too. So that's been just like super interesting for me. Especially if you just, if you're can be disciplined enough to plan deload weeks yeah so like if you're just talking about training like if people are just generally trying to stay in shape life is going to force you to take days off yeah. i mean there are smart ways to go about your weeks but if you're working out to put a language difference between if you're working out and not training for something specifically so you're just working on a randomized program life is probably going to force you to take enough down days or enough days off where like you don't even really need to think about that mm -hmm. but athletes People who are training for something specifically that are being disciplined on it, running a marathon, trying to dunk, so like lifting heavy and jumping and working on a lot of plyos in between, like you need the down, you need the down rig, you need the download weeks, otherwise you will get injured. It's like you can't just be in season all the time. Like there yeah. has to be an off season. Yeah. And there also has to be times in the season where you take breaks. Because you can't just – if everyone – if you did more was better, everyone would just do more. We just spend two hours in the gym, three hours in the gym, and everyone would be jacked. But it's not how it works. Yeah. Like, and it's not how it works for everybody. And what work might work for me might not work for you. And that's why, like, testing some of this is really important. It's like, well, I like certain flavors and you don't. <laughs> so yeah. you can't say that, like, oh, well, that this food is going to be perfect for everybody for this. Or, like, this lift is going to be perfect for everybody. Or this ritual is going to be perfect for everybody. Like, you have to test stuff and you have to keep track of it over time to be able to see what's working and what's not. It's like maybe I need four weeks of work and one week down. Maybe you need two weeks of work and five days off and then yeah. restart. It's yeah. just everybody is different. And if you're not measuring or managing any of that, not that everything should be, but if you're what what you don't measure, it's like can't get managed. This is just being very clear with taking some time to think about what works and what doesn't. Probably doing less is just a general better piece of advice than doing and adding more stuff in. Yeah. Um, we're already all busy enough and unintentional with enough like waste of time. Yeah. Um, we don't need to add more. 
So I think just when you're thinking about rituals, it's like what little tiny lever can I pull to make this really big change? And then how can I just generally tweak that over time without scrapping it entirely or without trying to rush and think that this is going to happen overnight? Yeah, I think one one highlight we had on our last retreat, um, Sarah came on it, and she does um, Japanese tea ceremony. And she performed that during our trip, and that's a very ritualistic thing, right? So matcha has become a massive craze over the last three years, and we're seeing it everywhere. Um, And it's now becoming the same thing as an instant coffee, right? It's go in, get your matcha latte, smash it and leave. Well, the Japanese tea ceremony to get your glass of matcha takes about an hour and a half. So when you break it down that way, and we did the ceremony with her and she did an abridged version, but it still was like every glass that's made, you clean the bowl and then you clean the utensils. And, you know, there is a, there's something magic about that pace, and I don't think everything needs to go that slowly necessarily, but that is not slow. It's thoughtful. And there's yeah. a difference between Big the two. Big difference between the two. And that's what a ritual is, right? It's the thoughtfulness behind. It could be a routine. It could be a daily task. It could be a monthly or weekly or yearly thing. But it's, you know, this is, a, this is something that's become ritualistic in my life. Something I understand is that, so I am cool with it taking longer than it could take. And then there's a, there's beauty in that. And yeah. so I think, you know, before we get into the next couple episodes about morning, about workday, about evening, or about, you know, how to make these happens over weeks, months, and years, just taking some time to reflect on what are some things I'm doing that I like to do? How can I be a little bit more thoughtful and purposeful about that? Thus, as a result, taking a little bit more time and really just, you know, changing up the vocabulary for ritual. Yeah, just I, my my big takeaway and piece of, like, parting advice is just the that thoughtfulness. It's just, like, spend time doing something for a desired result. Like, how do you want to feel? What very small, purposeful spends of your time can you get to feel like that without wasting anything else and without breaking concentration? It's like, focus on what you're doing, put some attention towards it, to produce a desired result, whatever that is. Inside of that, if that happens to be a routine like you mentioned, then automate some of that process. Because mm-hmm. then you, wh- what you're really doing is just freeing up more decision-making power, more space in your mind to be thoughtful about what you want to do and the desired outcome for that, whether that's you want to gear up, whether you want to wind down, whether that's to prep for your day or pr- prepare for sleep, either way. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We got a couple more coming in about rituals. So our goal, as always, is to have the best day ever, and we're just trying to flood you guys with ways to do that. Uh, We'd love to hear about rituals that you have that we can learn from. So if you guys want to shoot us DMs on Instagram or email us at hello at livebetterco.org, holler, and we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to that amazing episode brought to you by Beam. We're really excited to have you guys test their stuff out. Make sure you check out beamtlc.com and use code livebetter at checkout for a discount.